Hello and welcome to a DerivSource podcast. I'm Emily fraser Voigt, Deputy Editor of DerivSource.com. This month, we're revisiting a couple of older podcasts from last year that really caught the interest of our audience. This podcast focuses on FRTB, the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision's Rules on Minimum Capital Requirements for Market Risk that we recorded last April. We will be relaunching our podcast with a new format in February, so do watch out for that. Here is Julia Schiefer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. And welcome to a Derivative Source podcast. We've covered FRTB or the Fundamental Review of the Trading Book in various articles recently, but in this particular podcast, we're exploring the data and operational challenges that firms face, as well as the resources required as they prepare to comply with these new market standards. With me today, I have Odd Schoenbachler, Financial Services Partner at Oliver Wyman. And also Ben Molliner, Manager, Finance and Risk Practice at Oliver Wyman as well. Welcome to the podcast, Autumn Ben. Hi, Julia. Thanks a lot for inviting us today to speak about FRTB, a topic that is very close to our hearts these days. We do a lot of work on it. Hi, Julia. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having us. So my first question for you is that, it's my understanding that preparing for FRTB will require significantly more resources and system restructuring than originally thought by the industry. In your views, what are the biggest challenges that firms face as they prepare for compliance? I think that's a very true statement that FRTB will require more and more resources going forward and that in our opinion and discussing with our clients, uh, there had been some kind of underestimation, maybe, of the materiality of the change to happen, and how big will be the effort to be furnished by the banks. In terms of challenge, what we see as the major one coming to the picture is certainly more on the operational side. FRTB is a regulatory reform that will touch on methodologies, but much more beyond that, that it will have very large implication in the way the bank will set up their trading activities going forward. Because it will mainly have them to switch the monitoring of trading capital from a portfolio level, as we had until nowadays under the VAR regime, to a desk level. So all of a sudden, for the major actors of the industry, you need to switch from an environment where instead of, for instance, doing one reporting at the end of the day, if you're a large institution, you will have close to 100 desks under FRTB. So you're going to have to produce about 100 reports instead of one at the end of the day. So there's a major shift in terms of the amount of calculation to be performed, the amount of reporting and analysis to be performed. And as you can imagine, this creates a lot of need for additional IT system change, but also bringing new people who can follow up with the new monitoring requirements and analysis requirements. An extra aspect of the operational challenges that institutions also have to consider, it's about the implication with regard to the trading resources, so the pure human capital consideration. FRTB 
is creating the need to define some new functions. So a bank will have to collect a new desk head per FRTB desk. So there will be the need to designate those new desk heads on the trading floor. And there will be a need to a much stronger environment to monitor the data and the analytics. So in some institutions, that will translate in the definition of a new role of a global data officer, for instance. So these HC considerations that do not translate directly into the requirements, also something very important for the bank to think ahead, they will typically take a good one year and a half, two years to become implemented as there is some compensation considerations. And that's certainly an extra effort that needs to be taken into account on top of everything else, which is methodology or implementation. Now, focusing on systems in a little bit more detail, to comply with FRTB, firms will undoubtedly have to update existing systems. And of course, with this comes challenges related to the management of data. How do you see firms tackling data management requirements related to FRTB compliance? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So I think in addition to what Aud was just saying in terms of firms looking at making formal roles and formal structures around a chief data officer or people dedicated to looking after this, really the problem with FRTB is that in previous versions of this regulation, you could just about get away with having some patches in your data or having to do some workarounds or so on. I think now, particularly with the PNL attribution test, which has been introduced, you really can't get away with that sort of papering over the gaps approach anymore. You need to have a fully aligned front to back data, particularly when it comes to historical time series. This is forcing a new effort between front office and risk to collaborate on this kind of issue, but also the, you know, the standard for what good looks like has certainly been raised by an order of magnitude at least. I think one other particular problem that firms having around data for FRTB is getting more transparency about what's trading in the market. And this is relating to the non-modelable risk factors piece, because now firms are penalised with additional capital charges if they can't observe a given type of trade happening in the market more than 24 times a year. In that space, in terms of additional transaction data and visibility of what kind of instruments are being actively traded, some vendor solutions have emerged to sort of um, fill that gap. And one which Oliver Wyman has been working on in collaboration with IHS Market is a FRTB modelability service to try and redress some of these data issues and give people improved modelability results as a consequence. So I think it's going to be a combination of improved internal infrastructure and organization, but also more reliance on third-party data providers and vendors to plug the ever-increasing data requirements of FRTB. Just to add to Ben's point on the need for front to risk to back alignment of the calculation under FRTB, which is one of the biggest challenges, actually, of this new regime. On top of the data framework, where there is a need for consistency in the data between front risk and finance, there is also a need that is created in terms of a better alignment between the pricing functionality between these three departments. And as Ben was mentioning, that creates uh, the need for several institutions to rethink their IT infrastructure. We recently performed a survey with leading industry participants on their progress on FRTB. And it happens that this redesign of IT architecture is really 
at the heart of their program at this point in time. Just to give you an overview, for about one-third of the survey participants, they told us that because of FRTB, but also in the spirit of all the new regulations coming on the trading activities, they are currently undertaking a fundamental redesign of their IT architecture. For the rest of the survey participants, the plan is more to leverage what they already have, not going totally for the big bank, but trying to leverage their existing system. But they all recognize that there will be a need for a material investment into their IT architecture to be able to pass uh, the advanced approach under FRTB as much as possible. And looking ahead to the rest of the year, what will be the biggest focus for most firms in 2017 as they continue their preparations for FRTB? I can see two major areas of focus, and Ben will be likely to complete after me. The first one, I think it's keeping the good progress that has been done on the methodologies over 2017. But also on top of that, the banks should start performing much more impact analysis at the desk level. So far, all the impact analysis that were done for industry surveys of our regulatory reviews were much done on some assumptions in each institution. And now we see a need and also the willingness for the most advanced institution to start running on some pilots, on some kind of tactical architecture. What would be the impact of FRTB at a desk level? So in the kind of business as usual post-implementation condition to get a better grasp at what's going to be the RWA impact going forward in the new FRTB world. It's about accelerating over 2017 the building of those tools that will help each bank have a better view of post-implementation, what's going to be my new capital charge at the desk level, and that also helps them for the rest of the program to prioritize a little bit more effectively. So by looking at what would be the end capital number in an FRTB world, then it's easier to decide, well, this desk, this capital charge will be very high. I think that if I prioritize my efforts in terms of collecting additional data, refining pricing models to better pass the eligibility test, I've got a chance to pass them. And given the materiality of the position, that should be a priority effort for me. Where are the other desk where possibly the materiality of the LWA charge in FRTB is lower, or I know that it's going to be difficult to get the data based to GDP test, then it's going to be priority two or priority three in my program. So we do see the need, but also this desire from the bank to get more hands-on in the impact analysis and stop manipulating the real data to be able to qualify the impact. The other challenge I can see an area of focus for this year, that's about securing the budgets and the resources for FRTB especially in a situation where the final text is still not totally on the paper. We are still waiting for some clarification from the regulator in terms of what's going to be the final rules. Uh, there's still a little bit of discussion in terms of when's going to be the go-live date, going to be 2020 or 21, depending on the geographies. We hear different noises. In this context, where there are still some parts of the regulation that are not totally clear, 
there's still a need from the program manager and the program sponsor to really carry the voice of FRTB, make sure they can secure enough budget, enough resources to keep pushing for the effort of our 2017, given the amount of work that needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely agreed. I can just echo what Aud said there in terms of um, trying to move away from your assumptions and your impact studies and try and move towards some real data. I think getting that assurance and getting the additional granularity to the desk level, that's going to be critical for making decisions. And so that's where banks should be prioritizing their efforts this year. Thank you. I think that's an excellent point to end on. Aud and Ben, thank you for sharing your insight with us today in this podcast. Thanks thank you, Julia. That was a pleasure. And as always, listeners, you can find more information on this topic and the full transcript via our podcast show notes page on derivesource.com. Thank you for listening. Join us next time.